Hello and welcome to episode five of the Integrated Health Podcast. I say that as if I've recorded so many that it's hard to remember, but it's just been two weeks. I've had a, a little bit of a gap, had a few things going on, etc. And I just had some, some other, other things to get done before I recorded this episode. And I actually recorded this episode over two weeks ago with good friend of mine and colleague James Jr. Bazant. And this was really cool to record for me because when I first got back into the fitness industry about four and a half years ago now, I was working full time at the football club at Portsmouth and I'd made the decision that I wanted to move back into coaching. And I actually went and did a program with James for eight weeks, both mixture of in-person and online. And because he's just come into the industry and the route that he'd taken, he really uh, opened my eyes to how the industry had changed since I'd first been in it years ago and actually how much more professional it was now in a lot of areas, the access to a lot of programs that I wasn't aware of, uh, things like Lift the Bar, which has been a huge source of, of help for me and information over the last few years and continues to do so now. So without James, uh, really, he wouldn't like me to say this, he's a, a humble guy, but without James, I actually wouldn't be back where I am now. He really did give me that Bit of a, a bit of a kick up the ass to be honest but almost a bit of a realization about what i needed to do if i was going to be successful coming back into the industry so this was a really cool listen enjoy it we had a good waffle we talk about training for longevity james is very big on training setting ourselves up for uh, being optimal later on in life maintaining our strength for as we age maintaining our mobility i still use a lot of mobility drills with my clients that james taught me four years ago so that shows you know quite how, how of a high standard he is as a coach and that if I'm still using things now after all those years that I'm teaching to my clients he must be doing something right so I hope you enjoy the episode catch up with you soon so James thank you for joining us today mate thank you for having me mate That's my pleasure I'm glad that we managed to tie down to get you on because I know it's hard <laughs> trying to create space at the moment to get people in isn't it for podcasts etc so I do appreciate it before we get into the topic today, give us a little bit of a rundown about you. Give us a bit of background, your, your life's history, who is James and uh, how you ended up where you are now in the industry. So I, um, so before I was a personal trainer, I was in the Royal Marines for about seven years and I had essentially learning credits to use up. And it, it's quite funny how I suppose got into the industry. I suppose, actually, I imagine a lot of personal trainers do this. It's like, Oh, I like keeping active. I like going to the gym. So I've become a PT, right? But that wasn't the goal. I wanted to do um, diving, saturation chamber diving. So that's like the stuff off the oil rig. So you go like, so I've got a few mates that, that do that and they earn mega dough. And I just thought about that. <laughs> like the courses for that are mega dough as well. They're like, what what, what could, can I do with these credits to earn the most money? Was that the thought process? <laughs> within, within reason, but I couldn't trans... So I, Towards the end of my career in the Marines, I was going to transfer to be a Navy diver. And then you do the course through the Navy, right. give a few years back and then leave and become like a civilian and do the dive in that way. But it, it was, it just didn't work out how I wanted it to. So I had all these learning credits um, and I still have my noticing to leave. So it's like three grand. And then I obviously did my personal training calls with Premier. Uh, and then... I worked with David Lloyd for a little bit and I hated it. I just, I was, yeah, I was just there and it is, it was just, I don't know. I just couldn't, it's like you're self-employed, but you're, 
sort of not self-employed and there's this umbrella of like you shouldn't be able to do this you know like trying to promote your social media and stuff like that those things didn't go down well with other people and that was just quite I was like for me you know I was an absolute rebel then because I've just left the marines and I don't want anyone telling me what I can do <laughs> I want to <laughs> grow a beard <laughs> yeah I want to grow a beard I just want to do the things I want to do um what was interesting um actually just before I left the marines I traveled up to Grenade Fit and uh met Jamie Alderton uh I checked on his snapchat when he used to work there and I just went and like went and saw him and had a chat with him and he told me a few things to do uh, like join lift the bar um and you know just get mega active on doing things so I sort of in my eyes had um I'm trying not to go on this tangent too much I, I think when I became a personal trainer I was very fortunate to be a part of lift the bar and I knew quite a few things that you wouldn't get taught on the level three course that actually I became I imagine quite annoying on the course because I was like asking the lecturers like these questions do you know what I mean because you know you know what your level three PT is like it's a tick in the box isn't it it's like you learn how to teach it you learn how to teach a superset it's, it's a course in my eyes to just get you insured to train people exactly that yeah it doesn't i mean <coughs> i i did mine in like 2004 or something like that as a full-time yeah. course at college so i was in college like four days a week because you used to do the football stuff didn't you yeah and yeah, yeah, yeah. i i've learned more in the last five years yeah you know with i only found out about <coughs> i only found out about lift the bar from from you mm. so i learned more from six months being a member of lift the bar than what i learned in a full-time course for yeah. a year at college yeah so. i know right <laughs> so i went to david lloyd's and i spoke to jay and i made a bit of an impression on him and he said oh you know if there's an available a job available we'll be in contact a couple months down the line you know um it's uh jason contacts me the old manager he's like uh got a job for you here start next monday um and the guys that david lloyd knew i was quite so i already had my notice in it david lloyd by the way as well so i was like oh, done with this yeah and i was just showed it i was gonna go self-employed regardless so i showed him the message and i was like tonight's my last shift i'm done like that and then on on um that monday rocked up at grenade fit up at fourth because remember i am a scummer i am from you southampton, southampton then, weren't you? yeah so i lived there and i used to have to drive down every morning and just that's where I suppose personal training for me really started, you know, as in I walked into this gym as a proper gym. There was people around there that I looked up to still do like Ollie, Sophie, Ruben's there, I think at the time. Yeah. And Adam who are all, you know, friends. And it was like a completely different world. And it was like, here you go, James, we're running this eight week, um, transformation package online but we're doing it in person as well and here's like 15 clients and i was just like <laughs> do you know what i mean it was like that gym created a very for all of us even when i speak to them these days about it it created a very steep learning curve where you just had to adapt and just get on with it um and just do what you could and it was it was the best thing for me going to that gym because it just exposed me to doing hours with clients and building a reputation through there should we say so um uh, let's move forward um that gym uh unfortunately closes ollie sophie and adam had a unit 
uh, by flip out into the, uh, the business park there. Um, and they were very kind to let me sort of, they were looking after me essentially. They said like, right, come, come in this unit, obviously, because you can pay, pay your way and obviously train people. And then Ollie and Sophie went fully online and I like bought out Ollie of one of the units and now it's mine and Adam's unit. So I think as there's been a lot of luck with my journey, I think that as well, but I do, I do appreciate that I've created that to a degree as well. You know, mm. like I, it, there's a fair amount of winging it being at the right place at the right time. But when I reflect on it more, it's like, actually, no, you, you do deserve that, you know? I think we can all get caught. We can all underplay it sometimes, you know. Oh, but yeah, absolutely. obviously, when I was at Grenade, um, obviously we worked together as well, which is yeah. quite fun, wasn't it? At that time, that was cool because that—I mean—that must have been four years ago because yeah. it was Juliet was pregnant at the time. It was in the lead up to me having Oakley, wasn't it? So mm. we had Oakley whilst we were working together. I've still got you wasn't somewhere. you wasn't a. Was you the football? You was footy coach then. You wasn't was a, a PT um, then, was you? I was, was thinking about it. I was just sort of transitioning back into it, and it it was part of the reason why I kind of wanted to go and get a coach because I was like, yeah. well, I was, I'd started doing a little bit more, and it's funny I, I chatted about this on the other podcast the other day. I was working in Pompey at the football club. I was driving into Chichester in the morning, doing two or three PT sessions, driving back to Pompey, working all day, driving mm. back to Chichester, doing two or three PT sessions, and mm. then doing all day Saturday. And it was kind of like a bit of a, a kick up the ass for me at that point, actually, you know, because it was quite mm. a big fuss about it and about Grenade, wasn't there, at the time? And it was busy, yeah. and, you know, and seeing yeah. all you guys there and everything like that. And it was kind of like, yeah, this is actually what I want to do. Yeah. And I think once I'd been in that environment a little bit more, like, you know, it kind of gives you a little bit of, you know, a taste for it. And that kind of decided it for me, really, that I was like, going to walk away. I think yeah. we had Oakley in the September and it wasn't long after that that we finished working together mm. and then i think that by december i'd handed in my notice at pompey and had gone back no. full-time coaching so it's yeah it's funny how things work out right yeah no grenade was a very special gym i owe a lot to that gym um just just uh the way it was and you know the way the community was it was a very unique gym and that's why i obviously did well in chichester it's a shame it ended up the way it did mm. But um, yeah, it was a, it was a special place, you know, the way it was built, the, all the equipment, the environment, you know, it was quite a special place. And obviously, it's still going now by Elitus. Yeah, yeah, guys have taken it over, changed it a little bit. It's still got some awesome anabolic lighting in there, which is good. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's always good for some photos. If you want a confidence boost, go and have a photo in there for a bit. You'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> so, I just hope they've got a AC in there now. God, yeah, that place oh, is a Christ, sauna. It get hot, doesn't it? But I mean, saying that we're both in units now, aren't we? And it's it gets quite oh. similar to that in the summer, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's savage in our unit, actually, to be fair. Yeah, it's, it's lovely having them, isn't it? But Christ, it does get hot. Uh, I suppose from that perspective there, then, you quite quickly, and I was there, I suppose, working with you at the start of your mm. professional career. But mm. even then, you'd started getting yourself involved in, I suppose, what you've see as your main philosophy now in terms of coaching right you already were following mm. people like um like grant ford you were doing yeah. stuff with those I was working guys, with you actually, were working yeah. with those guys then mm. and as that sort of shaped where you've ended up now now you've got your own facility and you're you're, you're coaching your own rights and you can do mm. that exactly how you want to mm. there's a little bit about 
your approach to coaching now and you're, you I know you do a lot with people in terms of uh, longevity we should be training for longevity improving our health long term it's it's hard it's a hard thing to sell but I try and some calls it's a client a client of mine Ben actually always brings that up with me it's something that he said has always stuck with him and I always try to refer back to it people like when I work with someone I want them training until they're 80 you know I don't want them to I don't necessarily want them to always work with me you know <laughs> that yeah. just seems money grabbing <laughs> <laughs> yeah right well, stuck with me <laughs> when people first work with me i've got a 20 year package right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. pay up front <laughs> but like i want i want people to um enjoy training you know and I, I, it's something i pride myself on of having working with people that um people some people even over 70 people that have never enjoyed any sort of activity and getting them to enjoy training and that's something I I one pride myself on but it's something I really enjoy doing as well because you've you've changed someone's perception so much you know and I've done that with quite a few people I've worked with and they still do stuff even if they're not working with me and that's something I'm I'm quite obviously happy about but anyway working back with Grant so that's obviously combined strength group um, and that's Andy McKenzie's group and like Grant's another head coach there. And I just took a lot away from those guys about being considerate, you know, um, and putting the client first. Or if the journey is about them, it's not about your bias. It's not about um, what you want to impose on them. It's about what they need to do at the right time. And essentially, like I say with everyone, it's about meeting the person where they are at. And then obviously finding what's best for them and just finding, just trying to make training enjoyable. You know, I go to the gym and I hate it sometimes. I had a, I had a bit of a, like, um, quite a bit of rum Saturday night and I felt a bit rough Monday morning. <laughs> and, you know, Grant's like asked me to do five times one, um, 130 kg back squat which is relatively quite heavy to me. Do you know what I mean, each rep, I'm just, I'm just wanting to fold and die, you know? <laughs> like, so sometimes I go to the gym, like, eat, and you're, like, you're a person trainer, you know? Um, and I go to the gym and I'm just, can't be asked of it, you know? So we all go through these things, but, yeah. you know, just trying to get people to enjoy training essentially is something um, I'm big on. Because then that creates that long-term. But if I get someone who's really highly motivated at the beginning, you know, I'm going to take advantage of that as well. If that's a client that, you know, uh, wants fat loss, wants, uh, let's say fat loss, because it's an easier way, you know, I'm going to take advantage of that motivation. And, you know, maybe let's say when it comes to calories in, calories out, they may start on lower calories. And as time goes on, you know, so it's, yeah, again, meeting the person where they're at, essentially. Yeah, I couldn't agree with it more either. And I do exactly the same with my clients. In fact, I know a lot of, you know, very good coaches that do. You'd be stupid not to harness that at the start. Yeah, because, because that creates buying, right? Absolutely, it does. Yeah. And if people can see that your your approach works, sometimes difficult to convince people that they can eat more food after they've yeah. been dieting. But that's something that, you know, we have to work on with our communication as coaches. But from from the longevity perspective then we have to take into consideration you know things like sarcopenia like muscle age weight mm -hmm. etc so how do you go about you say talk about meeting people where they're at how do you manage to create buy-in for the exercise side of things for people that perhaps okay. haven't exercised maybe even historically their whole life yeah and they've arrived on your doorstep for coaching out of necessity because they've now got yeah bad hips bad back bad shoulders yeah. you know, the classic load-bearing joints that we all mm. use with 
and they've been sent to you because someone they've tried everything else mm. where would your approach be with them and you wouldn't just get them straight in the gym and be like right sally right we're doing five by burpees. one today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. five by one with 30 seconds burpees in your rest time yeah no yet again i'm i'd like to yeah again i'm I'm quite big on say finding the right exercise for people, having a movement continuum, and getting someone to do something that's so simple it's hard to fuck up. Do you know what I mean? Like that with an. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's so. You, you, this is why I think machines are great for beginners as well. You know, because you go right, shove you in there. Just you know, you sometimes you feel a bit wrong because you're robbing them. Yeah. <laughs> you're just shoving a machine, and you know, but that's what some people need but that comes back to what we've and it's something that it's a sentiment that's been echoed on previous podcasts that i've done recently is that we all go through that period as coaches where we get on our high horse and almost become zealous yeah. about things and we're like yeah no like everyone should be squatting everyone should yeah. back, everyone should deadlift and you know maybe down the line they can you know maybe you yeah it's just like i really just want to deadlift like that's that but yeah. to begin with and circumstantially machines could be the best way particularly with people with injuries who are nervous, mm. who've got no experience, like there's no better way to learn a movement than a, a machine that can only allow mm. you to do a movement, right? So you got you got to remember where those philosophies come from, right? It's the three big sports of training, bodybuilding, mm. Olympic weightlifting, and powerlifting. Yeah. They're all performance-based. We need to remember that health doesn't exactly align with performance, right? Because all those guys on their peaking days not healthy are they no, you know? so, so Especially you know, such, yeah there's such you know you you, you speak to, we've both got friends that are bodybuilders and when they say on that day of competing you know i've gone to a bodybuilding show before and it's like the guys are on stage and they're just they're literally dying even though they look fantastic they're at their like worst in a health perspective right so um yeah just finding something simple for people to do is is the easiest thing and then maybe even just, oh, just getting them to enjoy it that's yeah. and it's such you can do the simplest of things you know you could do a bicep curl you know <laughs> like it doesn't have to be like you said the squat the deadlift or any of those patterns it's it's just meeting that person where they are they are at like i've got a client uh, i don't speak uh, i don't see her anymore i still speak to her jackie you know one of the biggest things for her was just be able to get up off the floor. She's like 71. Mm. And that was just, so me and her just worked on a bit of mobility, improving things that all of her joints, you know, she used to wake up and just feel real, like, you know, like issues of her joints. Another great story about her as well. That's that she, she used to have cancer in her fifties. And ever since then, she'd always have issues with sleep mm. and she'd be on um, sleeping tablets until, yeah. Oh, until recently and i sourced out um someone that's quite local to us actually um a sleep doctor and i sourced that person and got them in contact with her and now she's off those pills do you know what i mean so her her position of health is a lot better even though i'm not directly working with her yeah do you know what i mean so it, it can be that as well for some people says a lot about you as a coach though and like you mentioned earlier about your approach is that it's a client first approach right and sometimes yeah. that means that the realization that we're not the best people to help somebody right now yeah right or we've got and that's part of building a network right and you know mm. part of meeting other coaches like we all we're lucky enough in the industry and particularly in modern era where it's so easy to contact people you should yeah. be networking like i've got physio that i trust 
Yeah. You know, it's not my job to do that. Like, yeah, they might send them back to me later on for mm. aid rehab, but it's not my job to be doing that. So I've got something yeah. to send them to. And that's, I think, part of our job as a coach, particularly as people generally start seeing more health related issues when they get older. Right. Yeah. You, we can't to... save everyone. No. And that's, and that's the thing we have to understand is like someone like this. I always think of it like this. When people have let's let's say we've got your typical person who's yo-yo dieted for years um has sometimes struggled with binge eating suffers a body dysmorphia right and they want to go and seek out the right help who do they go to a personal trainer straight away that's where everyone goes right when it comes to being more healthy but that's not in our scope sometimes you know and we've all probably done it i've definitely taken on clients i know I shouldn't have and then realise that, right, actually, I need to send you off to the right, <laughs> try and find, but that's what actually drove me to find counsellors and stuff like that in our area was like, because I need, to, there's some people I know I need to send them, even though that's a tricky conversation, trying to have that with someone, like, um, send them to someone that's not me, because I don't feel, uh, you're doing them a disservice, aren't you, really, mm. to a degree. 100%, yeah. 100%. But then again, there's the side of it as well as they can work with that person and work with you because they're like, hey, James, I just want to get really good. At it. And I've had that before where I've had clients work with counsellors about certain things and then work with me from an exercise point of view, you know. Yeah, so it, yeah, it, something it, you're excelling and why not? I mean, counsellor uh, can't help people move better. Yeah. So that they can help people feel better mentally exactly. and get themselves to the gym to work with you to move better. And I'll tell you what, something that I... And you say about people carrying on things from our point of view, like we even uh, did it on Instagram the other day. Like I still use the same squat setup that I learned yeah, yeah, from you yeah, four yeah. years ago that you learned from Grant, right? Grant. And, yeah, and that's yeah, had yeah. that knock on effect. I still that do that now. And I still use a lot of the mobility drills mm. with my clients that I learned from you mm. that long ago. And I know that you're a big proponent of moving better, right? And that mm. can be for a lot of people is what they want even though they might not know that when they get there, yeah. that ability to move better is, is what's going to help us a lot later on in life. And you attested to such a second ago with your client about getting up off the floor. Yeah. Is there sort of a recommendation that you could have for people that, you know, we get a lot of people work at desks, a lot of people drive, mm. we get those same issues we see over and over again, um, upper back, lower neck sort of issues, yeah. lower back problems, knee problems. Is there anything that you sort of recommend to people in terms of mobility is that something that they can do themselves just to start doing at home to a degree but for me if, if i've got say because i have got those sedentary clients it i'm trying to get them up and just go for a walk if i'm perfectly honest it's the lack of activity that um you know is the the biggest issue for me it's not like unless they're in pain then that's when i'd be like mm, can i help you do i need to send you somewhere so there's that referral thing again. Um, but the, it's more for me is getting them up and getting them out of the house, getting the vitamin D, getting in the sun. Do you know what I mean? Go for a 20 minute walk, just have some fresh air, get away from the desk. Because those people that have the sedentary jobs, you're never going to pull them away from that job. You're never going to pull them away. You know, you, you, you're never going to get them away from that. So for me, it's trying to just get them up and get them moving as most, much as possible um as the mobility thing there's some clients i've given homework to before but that's very specific to what they are i do have a belief you know for general pop health people like the people i work with 
I just want them to have, you know, adequate range at each joint. You know, I want them to be able to just lift their arm up above their head without them having to go. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Lower back starts yeah. compensating, you know, so, yeah. you know, that's th those simple things I do try and help clients with. But then again, it's very hard to try and reverse that if you've got a client who sits like this all day. Like so I'm quite aware of that as well. You know, like you, you can't, you can't sometimes, all right, a, a classic thing I say, you know, you can't unfuck someone with a drill if they spend eight hours in the opposite position, you know, you, in that, and you have to understand that, I suppose, when it comes to mobility, you can spend a lot of time doing things like all these things with brooms and bands and stuff like that. But that person then goes like this for nine hours. Do you know what I mean? Bit of a fruitless task, I suppose. It's to a degree, yeah. Like it, you have to create real big buy-in with that client. If it doesn't make them feel better as well, if they don't feel any benefit of that, it doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? If that person who's got say shoulder flexion like this and it doesn't affect anything they do, even when they're working with you in the gym, they're not gonna have much buy-in to that, unfortunately. Like I used to, yeah. if I'm honest, I used to be a massive proponent on mobility before and probably when i worked with you and now i i am to a degree but i don't let it bother me as much as i used to i suppose it's like you know it's for me find the range and train it you know and train yeah. people to what they actually can what yeah. they have access to you know and i would say i mean i know that you are the way you like to work with your clients is you do like to get the most out of sessions as well right so yeah and that probably helps in the fact I do the same is I've got basic mobility routines and I know that you agree mm. like people get so fixated on their, their pre-workout yeah. mobility. And some days you just don't have time. Clients too yeah. much for a session, like 30, you know, a couple of minutes on a bike, a couple of movements and you're done. Yeah. Like we all know that we can prepare people for a workout in two yeah. minutes, just as well as we could if we had 20 minutes, if we need to, but yeah. then we can spend some of that time as filler exercises doing some of the yeah. mobility. Sometimes people might not need it, right? But it might just make them feel better. Yeah, I've They're had right, that as well. Standing still. Right, don't stand still for a minute and a half. You mm. might as well do this mobility drill. You might as well use this time to do yeah. some stuff you missed at the beginning. You know, but it, I think that's something that... I think people are becoming more aware of it and we've seen a big rise in things like uh, Pilates in particular the last few years, right, has become massive for a lot of people, mm. which is fantastic because so many more people are becoming aware of the need mm. to move more. Um, yeah. I went to a couple of yoga classes once in a bid to try and prolong my very terrible football career. And that was a, a harsh wake up call to me about how difficult actually things like that were. Yeah, but, but you you were... You, uh and this is the thing right you had a specific task of being good at football so what and this is where we have to be you know mindful of specificity because if you got really good at yoga you could have became shit at football shitter shit at football i mean so you have you have to be mindful of that 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 activity you're doing outside of the gym yeah you know doesn't impede too much on your football it's like you know footballers train the worst they've oh, all got be... shit form mm. and they all train like bodybuilders yeah <laughs> i mean and, you know <laughs> no one day got hamstring issues all the time groin issues you yeah. know like they train they don't train the way i remember i was watching uh the last world cup and i was seeing them doing um stuff uh i can't remember where the last world cup was and um i was watching i was just getting annoyed watching their form <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I mean, you to keep, when, when you for me 
when I, if, if I was to have an athlete on my books, I need to really think about keeping them safe for that sport and make sure what I give them doesn't hinder what they do. So it's one of those things, like you said, you went to yoga and you was like, fucking hell, I'm stiff. Yeah. But that stiffness contributed to you being hopefully better at football. And um, this is something I wanted to, to touch on really quickly as well with you, actually, because people become so obsessed with being mobile and mm. flexible, but there's quite a strong belief, and I, I certainly do believe it, and it, I mean, I don't see how people can't, that if you go too far down that route, you could actually yeah. open yourself up to an increased risk of injury again. So there's got to be yeah. like a fine point in the yeah. middle where being super inflexible and unmobile is damaging yeah. and detrimental but equally being too mobile particularly for sportsmen as well we know right we want that tension in a, in a lot of areas yeah. and like you actually open you up to more injuries you like you like got this ruler right and you let's say we've got mobility here and we've got stability here right mm. right yoga instructor sits here mm. power lifter sits here okay mm. They both could do with a bit of variability. This yoga instructor, instructor, sorry, could really do with lifting a bit of weights, which I've done with uh, Pilates instructors, actually. And this power lifter sometimes would be good to, for him to regain some movement so he feels a bit better. He's not always in pain. His hips aren't hurting all the time. You know, there's like, it's never this black and white, by the way. It's not just a simple continuum, you know, like, I don't know where I'd put a gymnast on here. Do you know what I mean? No. I mean, they're pretty all-round athletes, right? <laughs> yeah, they're like in the middle, Strong as fuck. Yeah, and you look at the guys and they're jacked, right? And yeah, so jacked like bodybuilders, except they're flexible, like like yoga and stuff. Yeah. So for for me, it's just having a you know a bit of variety, and and this is where, yeah, again, I work with gen pop people, so I'm always trying to shift them to the other side a little bit, mm. but always still working. Well, just working both sides essentially. You know, um, I don't think it's ever as simple as it's just oh, you have mobility at that joint and you have stability in that joint. You know, like, I can't remember who uh, who it was that has, has that fear, like mobility of the ankle, stability of the knee, mobility of the hip. Mm. I think all joints need a bit of mobility and stability. Mm. You know, you know, the shoulder needs stability, let's be honest. It's not just a joint that needs to be mobile, but it's a joint that has, for most people, tons of mobility. But like you yeah. said, yeah, if you, if you do too much of that yoga stuff, um, then you're going to, potentially be weak in those extreme ranges which is not ever good right mm. you know like that's when you know stuff can happen mm. potentially might not yeah. happen but oh, we're, talking, we're talking you know yeah hypothetically of course but yeah of course so i thought it would be an interesting one though for training with people that are older population yeah is there any i know it's a little bit contradictory to what we mentioned no, of course. long ago but is there any certain types of exercise or movements that you find a bit being particularly useful in general strength? You know, could that be something like for a lot of people with older clients I've had it is just weighted carries? Yeah. Um, moving with with load in something as simple as walking up and down a gym. Do you is know there, what? Like something the big I don't want to say the big three, but like just big multi-joint movements. So I think you're gonna always get a good bang for your buck with those clients. You know, you think about when you get someone squatting, it's not just about, oh, I'm trying to grow your quads. You know, there's a time and a place for that. And actually, if you really want to grow the quads, you might not need to squat. But then again, you've got guys out there who have massive quads and all they do is front squat. Do you know what I mean? It's the right person at the right time, right? So, you know, you, you think you, if you load someone up with, say, with a goblet squat, 
you know, you're going to, you're going to improve range and, you know, ankle health. You're going to improve that stability at the knee. You know, you are going to train the quads. You're going to train all the muscles around the hips. You know, you're going to improve someone, what, what's going on at their core. You know, those, there, there's a lot of, um, and that's quite a broad answer, but for me, multi-joint exercises are like good for that. But I have to have a bias with that because my gym doesn't have machines essentially the only machine we have is a cable so i have to you know make those things really work for people and it's funny you say that actually because i always say that since i moved from being in a commercial gym to the studio where we are now if it forced me to be a better coach Mm. but what it forced me to do was stop being lazy and like i was using machines because i could yeah. Sometimes, and I'm, I'm, you know, I can honestly say that. Been now. there, mate. Honestly, yeah. I was using machines because I could, mm. and yeah, there could have been a better alternative, probably at the time, but it was mm. simple, it was easy, it was time yeah. effective. Whereas once we get back into that studio, it forces you not only to use the exercises that we know are fundamentals, not things that I like to ever refer to as basics, mm. fundamentals, but it not only forces us to do them, it forces us to rethink. 20 different ways of applying yeah. that fundamental exercise to each individual client that walks in yeah. right and that's the big thing for me yeah that's how I, I i used to think like there was good and bad exercises but now as i say i've evolved as a coach actually there's no bad exercise and there's no one best exercise there's just certain exercises that suit people better than others you know yeah you may let, let's just do this you may have a client that doesn't feel much tricep pump when they do skull crushes and they just don't really like the position but you put them on a tricep rope extension that one and they love it they feel the pump they feel do you know what I mean so it's just finding it's like that little you know like a jigsaw of finding what suits that client you know I've got clients who love back squatting you know um but they just don't do well with, with a front squat and then I have the opposite because obviously a front squat where it's anteriorly loaded usually puts people naturally in a very good position to squat well. That's why the front squat for me is a very good exercise. Mm. But then, you know, like there's no good and bad exercise for me, if I'm honest. Like, it's just like what suits person, you know, like even so I'll tell you an exercise I used to hate. I used to hate rack pulls. Right? I, I never used to understand that. But then I took a broader look at them. I was like, what I didn't used to like about them is people used to like, referring to them to help in their deadlift mm. and i was just, i used to think well, you're never weaker you're never weak at the top of a deadlift are you because exactly. you're just about to go into that hip extension your strongest point you're nearly standing up you know and then i thought oh but imagine if you worked with a bodybuilder who says he wants to bring up his upper back and his erectors mm. rack pull might be a good decision for that person do you know what i mean so like it's yet again yeah. What's the context? Who's it right for? Mm. And I think that with every exercise. And I think that's where, and it's again, it's a a sentiment that's been echoed, I've spoken about with other guests, is you have to be careful of a lot of the things that we base our ideologies off come from science-backed research, but that's normally performed on athletes or or experienced bodybuilders yeah. in labs, you know, and yeah. we've just got to understand that most of that just isn't applicable to, to general people. And some of those exercises are good. Like, yeah, we can yeah. I would say like 
for a lot of times we could probably do with learning a thing or two from the gym bros and a lot of people could train a bit harder with a bit more intensity mm. right but equally a lot of those gym bros could take a lot away from from people like us and mm. training a little bit smarter with yeah. a little bit more intent rather than you know and again it's that continuum like you said like a sliding scale there's going to be a point in the middle it's a sweet spot mm. and i think that's yeah. the issue is a lot of those exercises we get hung up on because and it is hard like if you see yeah like your everyone mate, has a bias like mate. yeah you've you, you got, like your mate who's got massive arms and he does like one exercise and you're like he's got it's got to be that exercise and i've been he just looked three it. years and, yeah, <laughs> and that's it yeah doesn't have to lift the weight up and he's got massive yeah. like, and so it is easy to go down that route but definitely as i've yeah. got older and you learn to take that overview that step back and view exercise i think probably more of a relaxed view yeah i used to get really like hung up on certain things like i had to do mm. certain things to get people and you know and we know that in an ideal world there are certain movements that we'd like people to be able to do but you know that could come six yeah eight ten eighteen months down the line you know mm. ultimately we know that we could keep people progressing i remember you speaking about it not too long ago like with as simple as a goblet squat you could keep keep people in a goblet squat for months you can if you just change tempo right? change certain things about it and so yeah for probably seven eight nine out of ten general lifestyle clients is probably one of the better options for a squat Mate, pattern right all, they, so all clients care about is outcome yeah they don't care about this exercise unless they've seen it on the gram and they're like oh i've seen <laughs> no i get you know i'll get like my 56 year old client carol shit that, that, that's actually her name as well she's <laughs> like oh i saw this on the instagram what's that like and i was like it's shit and you can't do it <laughs> she brought her booty bands in like, right james i've got the bands <laughs> like, yeah. here's, here's well, the video i want to do this <laughs> and I, I, i'm always like oh show me the video there just send me it or show it to me when we're in the session or whatever and i'll go no let's do this variation of that because you know you know what it's like you've got this chick who's half naked in amazing shape doing this very hard variation of it mm. and they've forgotten to show like level one <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? that's it yeah they're all like level 20 of a movement yeah and you're right at the start yeah. Yeah. i'm just like nah you can't do that <laughs> 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 humbled them straight away mate honestly <laughs> exactly yeah i mean part of you sometimes you just think if you want to be really cool you'd be like yeah just knock yourself out go for it like give it give it a whirl like we'll see yeah. but it's yeah. you know it's it is difficult it's difficult to compete with that because it create it does create that bias towards when you see somebody that's got an incredible following with yeah. you know things like that it does create a bias into oh perhaps i should be doing that you know, mm. there must be a reason why they're doing it. We know better than the fact that the reason they're doing it is for likes mm. and that they're just trying to showcase, like, you know, mm. wrapping something up in a different package and making it pretty, you mm. know, try and stand out from the crowd. But so I would say, like, most people it's, don't do things wrong mm. just without context. Yeah. And that's the issue. It's quite hard to actually do things wrong. Like, you must get it. A lot of people are like, I'm worried about doing exercises wrong. I'm worried about yeah. doing like the leg press wrong. I'm like, we can't do the leg press wrong. It only yeah. moves in one direction. Like it's yeah. literally a linear movement, but yeah. could you make it more efficient and more effective? Yeah. Probably. And yeah. this is, I think is what the approach that we have to look at it now. Oh, with, you uh, could, you could, you could butcher leg press. You could have someone's feet wider than their knees, mate. <laughs> I've seen that going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the, the valgus. Um, but no, I'm, um, yeah no exactly what you said yeah you're right uh, yeah it, there's just always a better way isn't there essentially yeah people to do stuff like that so i mean again i i don't want to keep you too long but um 
for anybody who wants to follow what you do, you do a lot with your Instagram in terms of not recently, mate. I'm having <laughs> a bit of a I'm having a bit of a just, a bit of downtime. Yeah, just but a bit of downtime at the moment. When you do, uh, you've uh, more recent, in particular as well, been talking people through movement patterns and mm. like tweaks, etc. Like you did a great one recently about issues with a very um, hip orientated squat, right? Mm. So in terms of adjusting that, so. And I think that'd be good for a lot of people to see how to mm. just slight issues with correcting movements. Yeah. Where do people come to, to find you if they want to come and check out some of these exercises that you do, etc. Where's the best place for people to, to reach out to you? On my Instagram, which I believe is rightmindfitness underscore. I think it's that. Do you know what I mean? That's how out of tact I am. Should I it? check? Should I write up <laughs> yeah. here? Should I check? Yeah, later? check. Just, just, just for safety, mate. Just... I will check. I don't think anyone else is going to have that handle anyway. It is right mind fitness underscore. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so I should know these things. You know, I should have po podcast notes, mate. <laughs> no, don't worry. We wing it here. That's how we do it. It's the way to go. And you know, and if you're not going to be interested in exercises, you get lots of dog pictures. So yeah, yeah, and everyone loves my, them, my right? little son, mate. But yeah, everyone else loves him. I don't love him at the moment. He's he's a bit of a bell end at the moment, so uh, <laughs> he's putting us through it. So, yeah. Is he, is he yeah. the, like the three major? Is it like Oakley for me? The three and a half, <sighs> obnoxious, disobedient. Um, yeah, doesn't like, like me every day. Does everything apart from what I want him to do. Yeah, barks at you, wakes you up at night all the time, trying to go out. He's just he's um what like ten months. So no, no, sorry, he's back. No, he's a year on the twentieth of this month. So I don't know um. I don't know what age that is. That's like teenager, essentially. Yeah, he's a stroppy teenager. Yeah, and it's like he just, he just sometimes, right, he's amazing. Like, he's been good now, obviously, he's just there. And then sometimes I just want to sell him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, no, like, yes, he, he cut off the lead and I couldn't find him. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's not even things like that, mate. He's just, he just, oh, he's just a character at times. But no, I love him to bits and I wouldn't obviously do that. And apparently they, they're a good warm up for kids. So, uh, yeah, I don't, know, um, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> uh, it's uh, for everybody that I've spoken to that has, obviously I've got the, the kid and, and not the dog. It's pretty identical to, to having yeah. a toddler is looking after a dog, right? So the same sort of stuff. You know, you have to try and potty train both of them, you know, wiping up piss yeah. on the floor all the time and making sure they don't get into cupboards and eat food that they shouldn't be eating. Make sure, you know, it's literally like having a child, mate. So I think you will be well prepared for it. I'm going to have two more in the very... Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, we've I, got I, like... That is like an absolute... <laughs> now, I, I was promised a dog once we'd had Oakley, right? So now Oakley's three and a half. And instead of getting a dog, I'm having two more babies. So I've definitely been conned out of this one. I've definitely got tricked into this. because I. What dog would you get? I probably, I'm probably a little bit of like a show-o on this. I really want either a Husky or an Alaskan Malamute nice they're um, tough breeds though husky's probably one of my favorite dogs yeah so I thought about getting husky they're beautiful dogs and mm. they are incredible but again like i said that they're renowned for being very hard work they're probably not ideal for first-time dog owners from what i get no nah, mate he's um, definitely not first first time dog owner well. but yeah yeah like like we were warned about it yeah and it's like yeah i'm like yeah looks nice though. <laughs> <laughs> and i really like um chows the chow chows yeah yeah, yeah like yeah. they're just like fluffy teddy bears yeah, yeah. Like, and again high maintenance because of their coats and stuff like that and take a lot of work but 
you know, what dog isn't going to be high maintenance? If your whole, yeah. if the basis of you getting a dog is trying to find the easiest one to look after and train, like you definitely shouldn't be getting a dog. Like that yeah. shouldn't be your reasoning for exactly. getting a certain dog, is it? But Jules doesn't really like dogs. She's not a big fan. So that will change so, though. I hope so. You get the, if you get the right breed, that will massively change. I think so. Thank you for listening to today's episode, guys. I really do enjoy it. And I, I really appreciate everybody that tunes in and listens. I hope that some of you have found this useful so far. And I'll continue to churn out these episodes. I'm going to go back to, to one a week. For me, uh, things are going to change schedule-wise a little bit coming up in the next week. Uh, depending when you listen to this, today is the 5th of April. I will have twins by the time the next episode comes out. So I've already got some pre-recorded, ready to go. So all I've got to do is these intros and outros. So I'll continue to be delivering the podcast. I really genuinely do appreciate every listen. It was really cool that we've we've broken the 100 listen mark. Look, I'm not Joe Rogan yet, but who knows one day. Anyway, guys, as always, if you'd like to come and find me or any of my guests, you can find their links in the bio or in the description to these, or you can come and find me on Instagram, at Tom underscore Integrated Health. I'd love to hear from you and I really do hope you're enjoying it. Thanks for listening.